All right, so last week I spoke about us being a prophetic church, and I'm not talking about people who are walking around trying to predict the future and say that they're going to put the mark of the beast everywhere. I'm talking about speaking life in a way that we stir up, cheer up, and build up uh, the body of Christ, right? And I spoke about summit churches, not just to be called to be a faithful and friendly church, but a church that has to grow in the prophetic in purpose and power. That people are hung, we have people are hungry to learn the big picture. That's why we're also about the gospel, the creeds, the Bible themes, people that know our church values, right? Christ-centeredness, connection, celebration, and collaboration. People that understand our membership challenge, that we are a collection of people who live holy, healthy, happy, hopeful, and helpful lives. And that people who are hunger, who have a hunger for a deeper understanding of our identity and authority in Christ. When we speak prophetically, we're revealing Jesus Christ through our present words from inspired by the Holy Spirit from God. And that we want our church to be a place of healing um, so people could just walk in that healing and that sealing, right? That sealing that they're watermarked in baptism and marked by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that we live with purpose, knowing that our lives have significance and meaningful impact. So here's some of the questions, right? I'm about to preach a message, and here's some of the questions I want you to think about while I'm preaching, right? Um, about your understanding in your identity in Christ, how that transforms your perspective. Reflecting on God's promises and how that brings hope and encouragement in our daily life. Uh, ways that we could prioritize holistically our well-being and maintain the temple. And so these are some of the questions. Let's get into the sermon really quick, right? Today's sermon is called Renewed and Restored by Grace, Embracing God's Promises and Accelerating as Late Bloomers. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and I pray that you will just help me speak this message with simplicity clarity and power lord god remove any distractions from me and for people listening i pray that this will be this word will fall on good soil and produce much fruit in the lives of the individuals and our church as a whole and the kingdom of god in jesus name amen so we want to look at jesus blood brothers right his half brothers james and jude and if you look at James chapter one, and I've been I've been doing a personal Bible study on reading the first chapters and studying the first chapters in all the books in the Bible, and this is a crazy beautiful scripture. James, remember when when Jesus was alive in the Gospels, um, the brother his brothers didn't believe in him. He didn't they didn't believe he was the Messiah until after his resurrection. And look what James writes in James one one: James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nation's greetings, right? He doesn't say Jesus' brother. He said a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus' other brother Jude wrote. Jude, a servant of Christ and a brother to James, to those who have been called and who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, mercy and peace and love be yours in abundance. So we see an acceleration in the life of James and Jude, even though they weren't part of the original 12 apostles, even though they didn't walk with Jesus while he was walking in this earth in terms of, of as followers. But later on, they recognized and realized with their own eyes and their heart ablaze 
that their half-brother, Jesus Christ, was the Lord and Savior of the universe. And they just jumped in. They jumped in the wave. They didn't focus on how late they were. They just jumped in the wave. Let's look at Apostle Poro in 1 Corinthians 15, 8. He was talking about the apostles before that. And it was, last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. So we so see James and Jude walking with the Lord, building up the body of Christ, taking part of the Great Commission and God's eternal purpose after the fact, even though they were late, they were late to the game, they were late to the party. We see here Paul, right? Paul used to persecute Christians, and he wishes he was born at the time that he could have been one of the 12 apostles. But we know the impact Paul had, and we know the impact uh, James and Jude had. And let's look at somebody else. Let's look at the prophetess Anna in Luke chapter 2. It said Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. This is where they presented Jesus, right? <laughs> As a baby, fulfilling the law. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. And she was very old. Her husband died when they'd been married only seven years possibly when she was a late, like early 20s. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, right? When they were presenting Jesus, when they were dedicating Jesus, when Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the Lord the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth and Galilee. There their child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. So we see here the prophetess is waiting all her life and then she sees the baby Jesus being dedicated. And her, her, last, her last chapter of her life was just talking about the baby. So this is a memory helper for the sermon. Rima. I'm going to talk about being restored, our restored identity in Christ, embracing God's promises, maintaining the temple, and the acceleration of God's re restoration. Turn your what-ifs to oh well and trusting and resting in God's grace. Sorry for the typo. So turn your what-ifs to, oh well, as we trust and rest in God's grace. So big idea number one, understanding our identity and, um, and God's promises. Our identity, we are new creations, redeemed and called by him, right? Anyone that was in Christ is a new creation. Um, we have to, uh, embrace God's promises. God's promises in our life. God's promises are firm, unwavering, and trustworthy. And they give us hope and guiding, and they guide us through weariness. I know sometimes some of you watching right now, you're going through a stage in your life where you're a little weary. You're weary. You feel like life is the same way. You feel like that the devil has tried to rob you of your joy. The devil is trying to rob you of 
your happiness, right? First Peter, Second Peter 1, 4 says, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And then we also, we have to learn that we are new creations, that God has given us beautiful promises and that Jesus paid a beautiful price for our lives. Right, there's, there's, a, there's a beautiful illustration about this wealthy father that, that died and he had a beautiful art collection and all the museums and wealthy people send representatives to this auction. And the first thing they auctioned off before they went to his beautiful priceless paintings was a painting that was average at best. And it was a painting done by his son who died in war. And the painting was average and they said, we're gonna start this whole uh, auction by auctioning off his, this painting. So nobody wanted to paint, they wanted the Van Goghs, the, you know, the fancy stuff, but there's one person who, who knew the father, who knew the son, uh, raised his paddle and paid for the son's painting. So he paid for it, you know, he raised the paddle, he bid on it, no one else bid, everybody's just waiting for the good stuff. And then after they said, you know, sold, the son paid is sold, the, auction leader hit the gavel and say the auction is over because he who gets the son's painting gets everything. He who gets the son gets everything. And I'm here to let you know, fam, that when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord, all God's promises begin to unfold and belong to you and I. And so this is the challenge is to fully grasp our identity. And this is gonna take a lifetime to fully grasp our identity in Christ to embrace his promises, to embrace all the fear knots, right? And to recognize the immeasurable price paid for our redemption and our restoration. So big idea number one is we have to ask the Holy Spirit to give us a passion, not only a passion, the right tools to continue for the rest of our life, understanding our identity and God's promises. One of the books that really helped me with this was an old book by a man named Watchman Nee, who's a minister in China on the authority of God. Okay, let's continue. Big idea number two. Let's, God, let, let's let God's goodness fuel your wellness, right? So now we get excited about life. We realize that we've been saved, we've been redeemed, we've been restored, we grab onto these promises of renewal. We realize even if we got saved late in life, God could do great things in our lives. And then we have to start taking care of our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we have to honor God by taking care of our bodies. Brothers and sisters, we have to decide in our heart that a breakthrough is coming. And if we know a breakthrough is coming, we have to decide to make small alterations so we don't break down before the breakthrough. This is doctor named Peter Atia. He's like the foremost expert in longevity studies, right? And anti-aging studies. And he says that if we can make small alterations now in our lives that can allow us to live with more comfort and dignity in the last 10 years of our life. 
So there's small alterations you can make right now that would allow you to enjoy the last five years of your life. So brothers and sisters, now that we have to take care of our temple, we gotta take care of our mentals, our mind. We have to nurture our mental and emotional well-being. We have to fix our thoughts on what is true, honorable, pure, and nurturing based on Philippians 4, 8. We have to learn to meditate on God's word. We have to learn to meditate on God's promises. We have to learn to visualize our breakthroughs. And then lastly, we have to take care of our spiritual life. John 15, 5 tells about abiding in the vine. Apart from him, we could do nothing, right? And so some of us, we need to pray more. We need, we need triggers, charging your phone. Let it be a trigger. Before you eat, let it be a trigger. Um, whatever times, right? If you're, if you're to like, look at serendipitous times at 3.33, you pray at three minutes. At 5.55, you pray at five minutes. Whatever it may be, um, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you a heart that abides after Christ, that takes care of your temple, that allows God's word to renew your mind. So the challenge is to honor God by taking care of our bodies, nurturing our mental and emotional well-being, and cultivating a vibrant spiritual life. Don't break down before the breakthrough. A big idea number three, the last one. God's restoration and acceleration. The Lord could restore the lost years, right? Joel 2.25 or Joel 2.25. It's the Puerto Rican day. It's Puerto Rican day parade. So it comes out. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locusts and the young locusts and the other locusts and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you, right? So we see in Old Testament, God will discipline the children of Israel, right? And he would discipline them for their greater good. And he said that I will restore the years you lost being under discipline. The years you lost, I will restore. And I want to tell somebody watching right now, looking, that God can restore the years the locusts have stolen, that addiction has stolen, the years that you were under spiritual abuse, the years of depression, the years of confusion, right? I'm here to tell you the good news that God is in the restoration business. And not only does he restore, renews, and refreshes, but he can have an anointing for the acceleration of that work in your life. I'm talking to the late bloomers. God's time is perfect. He can help the late bloomers accelerate and fulfill their purpose. James 1.4 said, let's persevere to finish his work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Trust in God's ability to restore lost years, celebrate your purpose, and embrace the unique journey he has for you. So the two long to read. Understanding your identity in Christ, embracing God's promises, caring for your holistic well-being, and trusting in God's plan of restoration and acceleration in your life. Don't get caught up in the what-ifs. That's why we talked about, the, the today we talked about in the prompt about your favorite scene in the movie of your life, right? God can repeat that. God can just bring you from glory to glory, but it's going to look different, fam. 
it not may not match how it looked like before. Solomon built this beautiful temple. But then there was an invasion and the temple got destroyed. And later on, they rebuilt the temple again. But it didn't look as good. And so when they rebuilt the second temple, the old people were crying. And they said, they were getting nostalgic. They say, oh, it don't look like it used to look. The young people were happy. They never seen a temple. They never seen a temple. And they were happy. And God said the glory will be greater in this temple than it was in the old temple. So God may give you new dreams, new victories. And they might not look like the what happened in 97. They may not look like what happened in 2005. But brothers and sisters, I want you to come to the place where you thank God for every gift, every act of favor, and every gift of grace in your life. So the sticky statement I hope you remember is embrace your true identity, hold fast to his promises, and honor the Lord that he will restore your lost years. And so the memory helper was Rima. So somebody said, what did your pastor preach about yesterday? Right? You just say, Rima, I think, right? <laughs> Restored identity in Christ, embracing God's promises, maintaining the temple, and the acceleration of God's restoration. And in conclusion, even in weariness and doubt, God's faithfulness remains the same. <clears throat> you may be going through like midlife crisis, quarter life crisis, two thirds life crisis epistemic crisis, what does it all mean? What is real? What is life? And understand that God is faithful. And he will walk you through these crises. Hidden in these crises are opportunities. Opportunities to know the Lord more. Opportunities to, to get off the hedonic treadmill of always just wanting new things and going to new places and learning to let God fulfill you in every chapter in your life. And we can find restoration and hope by embracing our identity, holding fast to his promises, and recognizing the immeasurable price he paid for our redemption and restoration. Furthermore, let us trust in his power to restore the lost years and accelerate us in fulfilling his purpose, even when we consider ourselves late bloomers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone right now, Lord going through a chapter change in their life. Dealing with issues of regret in their life. The way that you are taking me through my personal stages of regret and what ifs and turning into oh wells and trusting in your goodness, do it for the church, Lord. Father, you know the work you've done in my heart, and I ask that you do it in the work of everyone listening. People going through quarter-life crisis, mid-life crisis. People going through crisis of meaning. People not understanding new chapters and what's going on in their bodies, in their hearts, and in the world at large. We pray, Lord God, that we will hold fast to our foundation. Learn these new tools because we shape our tools and then the tools shape us. Teach us, Lord, spiritual warfare at this stage of our life. Teach us how to stand and fight and be fully armored up. And bless those who lost many years, Lord God, 
restore the years that the locusts have stolen. Bless those who found you late in life with an acceleration of revelation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord of the Lord.